Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. This is your host, Lorraine Ball. And I know you think we're living in a visual video world and you don't need to write anything. Eh, wrong answer. No matter what happens in the world of content, it starts with the words. And so today, we're going to start with the words as well. To help me have that conversation, I've invited international educator and author Erin Labax to join me. She has been teaching writing for over 25 years, and her clients include business and nonprofit organizations. And her new book, High Value Writing, Real Strategies for Real World Writing, helps Business writers boost their confidence by writing clearly, concisely, and with intention. Erin, welcome to the show. Lorraine, thank you so much. I've really been looking forward to this. I have too, because I am a word geek, but let's dial it back and let's talk to my audience about how they get started, because I think a lot of people look at that blank page and go, I I, I don't know what to put there. That's right. I call it blank screen paralysis, BSP. And often we, we all have suffered from that. I know I have. And so you're right. You know, getting started is often the hardest part. Um, but what I tell writers, which is all of us, by the way, right, we all write every day, whether it's texting or commenting on socials or emailing or project sharing platforms. I tell folks, you know, remember writing has two sets of goals because words have two sets of impacts on your readers. They've got their informational impact. What was the thing I learned? You told me your main point. Yay, now I know. But they also have their emotional impact where I've read your text, let's say, for example, and now I feel, ooh, was she condescending to me? Was that respectful? And so I tell people, you know, to get started, what we do is we think about the person on the other end. Okay. So you have to visualize a little bit who you're writing for, who you're writing to. And then talk to me first about information, and then we'll drop over to the emotional side. When I want to deliver information, are there some rules I should keep in mind that will help focus my writing? Definitely, because I think we're both, we're all always trying to say so much. Um, and so one thing we can do to make sure that we channel what we're saying into a clear statement, I'll just give three tips on that that are, because it's hard to do, right? You've got so much in your mind. And really these days, our goal is not to communicate more, it's to communicate less because nobody needs a 10 paragraph email, right? So we're keeping it tight. And one of the best ways to do that is I tell people, write one sentence with the five W's, who, what, when, where, why. You can literally jot down in your notes, ooh, I'm thinking about sending out this email about our first meeting with all the new team members for our business. Um, And to that effect, I'm gonna write jot down, who, what, when, where, why am I talking about? And then I'm just gonna turn that into a sentence and guess what, there's your main point. Now you've written a main point, that's maybe sentence number one in an email, and then maybe you're done, or maybe you need sentence number two, a call to action, which is where you give your reader an action verb of what they need to do in response. So if I said something like my main point, oh, we're doing a food drive, we wanna gather food for people who need it, here's what to do, maybe my call to action is share your cans of food through the lobby 
or something like that. And I'm using a verb to tell the reader what they need to do after I've told them just my five W's of what's even up, what is the situation about? And you know, that's only two sentences. So I've said a lot of important things, but in a very brief amount of space. I think there were several really good points there. And I wanna make sure I unpack them for my audience. Number one, the key to informative communication is less, not more. Don't bury, don't bury in, don't bury the most important information in a sea of words. Be very, very direct. Mm -hmm. And then use verbs for your call to action. If you want people to take action, you got to tell them what action you want. You've got to tell them. And, you know, I'll get questions where people say, ooh, I feel rude telling someone what to do. And then I say, you know, what's ruder is not letting them know what they're supposed to do because we all know what it's like to read an email and think, okay, I have a guess as to what my action is, but I need to study this further. 15 Mm -hmm. minutes later, you know, you've spent your time trying to figure out what you're supposed to do. So it's actually helpful to just give someone a straight up verb. Mm -hmm. You can make it a friendly one. Um, You know, you don't have to say that you're demanding something. You can say, please provide your information. And that's super polite, but still very clear. And that still polite really kind of sets up the second half of the communication that you alluded to, the emotional piece. So as I've got this information, how do I take straight, boring facts and elicit some kind of emotional response and hopefully one that is positive towards me. Right, right. And that's the key. Um, A happy reader is a helpful reader for us. You know, we're going to get what we're hoping for from our readers when we treat them with respect and when we make their job easy. You know, I always say with writing and reading, someone's going to do the work. Maybe if it's not us, the writer, making things easy, then our reader is stuck with the work. And so they're not going to be very enthused about our ideas in those cases. Um, So easiest trick we can do to make sure that we are, even while being concise, still relational, back to the verbs. Our verbs are not only our concision words, but they're our tone words. And so I'll ask students in a you know, business writing class in the workplace, for example, what would you prefer if I say, hey, thanks for joining us in this class or thanks for attending this class, which makes it sound like I care about your experience. If I ask you to join me or if I ask you to attend. Now, those are both verbs and we can see how if we ask someone to join us, there's a togetherness element. But if we ask someone to attend, it sounds a little bit like they're a number, a little bit like we're separated. And so little clues like that. And those those actions usually happen in a verb where we can add, change the verb slightly to create a sense of togetherness or to reduce the distance between yourself and your reader and using verbs and words in general that are familiar to our readers, not intimidating or accidentally alienating someone with showy words, but just straight up verbs, you know, can you please give me your headshot? The verb was give. There's nothing rude about it. We're getting actions done. But that's where we want to look for tone is our verbs. It's funny as you say that a number of years ago, I was responsible for a brand that was, we're trying to create this more human persona. And we outlawed any word that ended in I-Z-E. 
We did not optimize. We did not maximize. We did not humanize. Right, we, right. Or dehumanize for that matter. Humanize. We, we made the most of that simple rule. It forced us in a way to create content that was more readable and did not sound pretentious. Exactly. And it's, you're reducing the bureaucraties, right? You're reducing the idea that, oh, this just sounds like the fine print and it's not really written for me. So mm-hmm. it makes us feel very distant. Um, and I think what you're doing, what we're doing by reducing that type of language is sounding more authentic also. People are tired of overly formal robotic language. It makes, when we read it, we feel like, oh, you didn't care that I was a human. You just put down these words from AI or however they came about, but sort of needing to adjust and bring in that authenticity. And you mentioned AI and we could go on on that ad nauseum, but are there ways as we are moving into an era where we're gonna be taking some of our content from AI to give it clues and instructions that help us continue to create content that sounds human? I think so. I think we can kind of have a little bit of both worlds there where we can use AI and maybe give it a command like, can you write a paragraph asking about this job I want to apply for? But then we can say, can you rewrite this with more focus on them and less focus on me? Or whatever we we decide is sort of tonally off in what the AI has produced. I did an example recently where I, I said, write an email from someone asking for a business writing class, like the type of email I would get from a potential client. Well, what ChatGPT produced, every single sentence began with I. And I, as I do that myself, would not want to send that out and look very self-centered. So I think it's very useful to use AI to generate some early ideas, but then we need to come in with the authentic humanity and make sure that we haven't accidentally made it sound repetitive, self-focused, arrogant, any of that. Awesome. Well, Erin, this is fabulous. I know that I'm going to go back and start looking at some of the content I'm creating and apply some of these tips to my emails and my social content, and I'm sure my audience will as well. Thank you so much. Thank you, Lorraine. It's been a lot of fun. It has. And if you're listening right now and want to know more about Erin, there's a link to her YouTube channel. There's lots of great stuff there as well. Thank you, Lorraine. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. And if you're looking for other resources for your business, be sure to check out our toolbox. Book a one-hour working session to dive into your business and look for MTFW wherever you listen to podcasts. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening.